Today's episode is brought to you by Form. Form wants to help you find the perfect solution for your curls, coils, and tresses. Let Form take the guesswork out of your hair care routine with their personal regimen specifically designed for all your hair needs. Get 10% off your entire order when you visit formbeauty.com forward slash grown. That's F-O-R-M beauty.com forward slash grown. Get personal with Form. Oh, and it was ba, 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 <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh Wow, wow, wow. What's up, sis? Praise the Lord. How are you? Praise the Lord, niggas. I'm great. How are you? I can't complain, man. It's yeah. a it's a it's a good day to be alive. I think I just lost one of my eyelashes though. That's all right. That's tragic. Oh no, maybe I didn't. Okay. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to episode 34 of Getting Grown with Jane and Kia, where we discuss all things adulting, the tests, the trials, the triumphs, the twists, the turns, and everything like that right there, because we're trying to figure out how to do this thing, um, you know, called being grown. So we're- shout out to everyone for listening. Um, seems like everybody really got a, a, a kick out of last week's show, which was really, really cool. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Growing up black and, <laughs> and all the things that, you know, it was good to take a stroll down memory lane. And um, it was. And I think we're definitely going to do a part two to that. Yeah, man. I mean, it was a good time. So right on, right on. So what's going on in your world? Sis? How's, how's life? How are things? Life's not bad. I'm um well right now. I'm I'm still okay, and I'm going on a uh I think two days of no sleep, maybe one day. I I don't know. I didn't go to bed last night. I've been up for twenty four hours. So yeah, I whatever that is. That. Um, oh, that sounds terrible. It's pretty bad. It's pretty brutal. And but I did go to the She's Got to Have It premiere this weekend. Okay, good time. Um, and that was a good time. Shout out to my sis Santana. Uh, who plays Lulu, which is Mars Blackman's sister in the remake for Netflix. So it's the show dropping on Thanksgiving. So make sure you guys steal all of your Netflix passwords and usernames, borrow whoever you need to borrow, or sign up for your free trial if you're one of the three people in America who does not have a Netflix account. Oh, um, don't judge. <laughs> you're, not, you're judging. That's not nice. It's not judgment. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I've had Netflix since they had DVDs and you had to mail them shits back. <laughs> I did too. But did uh, too. yeah, make sure you get your Netflix accounts all set up so that you can check out She's Gotta Have It dropping on Thanksgiving. So that was fun. I looked up, I was drinking my wine, minding my business, doing my two-step, making, you know, trying to keep my feet from hurting too bad. And um, I looked up and Maxwell was right there. Pretty wings. And I know that is... You know, I don't really care about <laughs> Maxwell, but... Um... I hate that song. I know. My brother used to sing a song when we used to get chickens. <laughs> I miss him so much, yo. <laughs> Every time we would get chicken, he would be like, I would like, you know, he would always order like 72 pieces or whatever. <laughs> He'd be like, and make sure I get three of those pretty wings, oh, pretty wings of love. Pretty wings. 
You know, it was just. <laughs> no, I just I miss him so. You know, like that sibling connection. It's just like we just, I we just had the very same level of coonery. <laughs> like it was just like we shared. You have the same level of coonery, and you have the same understanding of how crazy your parents are. Yeah, man, yeah. I miss that. Like when my mom and I are like not even disagreeing, or it's not even like arguing or fighting, but like I totally miss having someone to debrief think like family things with because it's not the same for like other family members like I have cousins and I love them I have aunts and uncles and I know that I have access but like whoo it was just it's just so hard to not have so this not to have somebody to just like look at I didn't even have to use words most of the time I was at this at this nigga and we both would just be like "Mm." Mm, 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 mm. Like, 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 literally mm. even at his funeral like when my aunt Yvonne came at the funeral with her pink fedora we you was like us. I just like I was like Lord God <laughs> I had to, I could just be like that was a moment because you know after a funeral you know you want to be there for your loved ones and you know you're kind of in a place where you just want to be supportive and then I didn't see Kia at first so I didn't know you know you don't know I don't know what, what to expect Kia ran up with us, and the first thing she does, she's like, "Let me tell you about my aunt." <laughs> I just feel like, why she felt like this pink fedora was the move? It was I don't okay. Understand. So, with the matching jacket, <laughs> with the matching jacket. Yo, church fashions are great. Indeed, I love my aunt Yvonne. That's not shade to her. I mean, she's just my aunt Yvonne in a pink fedora. God bless her heart. <laughs> the matching jacket. Um, but speaking of my aunt Yvonne, I was watching Escape last night, and I was just kept saying, "Tiny sounds like my aunt Yvonne." <laughs> When she talks, she come in the room, she just sound like an old, hey, everybody. Oh, Tiny is like 83 (laughs) pundit voice. Hey, y'all, can we just have this little quiet space? Like, just like, (laughs) how old is Tiny? Mama, just tips and tips and. She's like, come on, Candy, is you in or is you out? Like, come on. Like, how old is Tiny? Where are your ribs? (laughs) Like, Like, she's about to get on the pit. Like she about to grill up some nasty barbecue. <laughs> like, like she lived through the Great Depression or something. I don't understand that. Like she helped run the underground. I just tiny girl. I mean, come on, you're not that old, sis. We just gotta go but fish in any some case, water. <laughs> I know, right? In any case, uh, yeah, I miss my brother because he used to sing Pretty Wings when we would get chicken, and I mean, that's just my kind of carry on. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the loving. Yeah, man. Uh, so. Uh, my week was good. I had an awesome week in Houston. Houston was good to me. It don't owe me a nothing. Um, did you get Did you get an eye? I had some moments. I had some good moments of. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I had some good moments. Uh, that's really all I needed. Great, um, wonderful. But yeah, more than that, I was at the Ash Conference, and Ash was a really good time. It was like a, um, you know, I work conferences all the time, but this one has a near and dear place in my heart because it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to catch up with um, all of. The, you know, we start, you know, you start your doctoral program, you're a student. I went to Ash for the first time as a first year doctoral student and you just meet other students there. And it's so cool because we all kind of grow up together. So to catch up with all of my, you know, friends, my doc student friends who are now like professors and, and like running presidential Mm -hmm. sessions and doing all this cool, amazing, compelling, critical, absolutely necessary research. And I'm just like, look at us, look at us. So it was, um, it was really cool to be able to catch up with all my people and all my all the people who I, um, you know, uh, look up to and aspire to be like, and that push me to just be 
grader. Shout out to all of the students and doc students and even colleagues, all of our, all of us, all of y'all colleagues. I'm not making that distinction because I was a student but five minutes ago. But anyway, to all the colleagues that came up to me and said, hey, I listen to your show. I enjoy it. Male and female. I appreciate you all. It was a little jarring because I didn't realize that so many of my professional uh, friends and neighbors were, were listening to me carry on on a weekly basis on getting grown. But I appreciate you for not judging me. Um, and I'm just so grateful that you're listening. And shout out to everyone who came up to me and said they were a member of Team Type Fast. I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Y'all don't even know, but y'all pushed me to just kind of like take Team Type Fast to the next level. So I'm hoping that within a week's time, <laughs> I can share with you guys what's going to be next for Team Type and Fast. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I want to thank everybody. Uh, shout out to all the people, um, all the compelling speakers that I got to hear. Uh, Shout out to Sean Harper, the former president of Ash, and shout out to Lori Patton Davis, who's going to be the incoming president of Ash. These are just two amazing Black scholars who set the bar and push us to be greater. So I just love, I just loved catching up with everyone. It was awesome. Ash was amazing, and I'm looking forward to next year in Tampa, where we will, um, you know, uh, where the Woke Academy will be featured prominently. Mm. Yo, that sounds like a grand time. Like you're the smartest friend I know, so I can't imagine being around like a hundred. Man, of you. it was just like it was so so. It was literally like thousands. Of, it was like a thousand. It was the largest Ash conference ever. It's like a thousand no, kids. God they, damn, these that's people are way more smarter than me. Way more. See, way more smarter. They don't say yeah, things like worse. way more. That's worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're the smartest friend I, I have. Mm, that's well, you need to aim higher, sis. I want you to get sis, more friends. Hey, we have the same friends. We do. <laughs> we need more. Uh, we need. We just should, should. We should just continue as a group to aspire to just have more. Because I, I, I can't be the bar. Please don't put that pressure on. You me. are. Sorry, um, it's done. We are moving and doing things in higher education. I'm inspired and ex- and happy to be. Uh, apart so shout out to millie rock for y'all get ready for my kid indeed because my my days are done but we got hope for her no (laughs) y'all know it's gonna be out here great she told me today she said she said because i today was picture day so i let her wear her fro of course she did that's not a judgment i was actually excited about that yeah i gotta let her i'm like be proud of your fro flourish fro so uh, she had a little headband she wore her fro and so when she got home she kept patting her hair and she was like my hair feels like a pillow I said yeah it does it feels like a pillow I said your hair is beautiful I was like that's the beauty of black people's hair it's versatile and beautiful and she's like it feels like a pillow I can't wait till it gets big she goes can you take me to the kids salon when it's (laughs) daytime school day and tell them to give me wash and twist and plait it so that I can have my hair done at the kids' salon. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take you to the kids' salon. They're going to do all of that. <laughs> They're going to do all of that. It's amazing that there are kids' salons that, I mean, salons that just specialize in doing kids' hair. Oh, yeah, there's a braid shop right on Nostra. And they just do kids. And they do kids. It's a kitty braid shop. That's amazing. Aunt Jessie used to braid my hair in the back of the church during afternoon service. That sounds like utilizing your time in a very smart way. Listen, time Two management. <laughs> Damn, I'm literally, like we would be crazy. at afternoon service, <laughs> and my mother would take my braids out or make well, like my hair would be washed. So it would be, it would be done. Like it would be in a style, right? And like this was just in the summertime, though. Jesse used to braid my hair, my um, and 
literally she would like uh, motion for me to come to her like during <laughs> at some point during the service. And we would sit in the back of the church, not like in the sanctuary, but like they had a little room right by the vestibule. <laughs> Shout out to all the church kids that know exactly what a vestibule is. Yeah, uh, we would, the vestibule. We would sit in this little room. <laughs> in the room. Shut your mouth. You see, I wasn't going to let you have that until you started laughing out of yourself. But um, we had a little room by the vestibule where the trustees would be in the but, morning if you right. needed some change for your trustees, offering. Trustees, because they're not going to steal your money. Please, please, girl. Just let me tell my story. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we would sit back there. And by the time service was over, I was styled, honey. I was done. Listen, I think that is amazing. I think you should utilize your time like that all the time. Rhonda I get was my hair braided work. Multitasker. Oh my God. I love it. I love the fact that she let you go back there and get your hair braided. She sure did. I was still in church. I mean, I, we was listening, but Jesse was just braiding my hair at the same time. So shout out to Jesse. You were in a protected house. But we're going to leave that safe space now and take out the trash. Hey. Oh man, I shouldn't get excited about that. I, well, yeah. Right. There's things to get excited about later on. And let's be clear here. Taking out the trash, we the little segment that we just have thrown in there, um, which has become pretty fun, um, is not always necessarily trash. It's just a fun name for talking about things that are going on in social media. Indeed. Before we get into the trash of the trash, let's first talk about the trashiest trash. Jade and I have been going back and forth for uh, all day long, rather, about um, whether or not we were going to address... Uh, sexual assault and the many women who have come forward uh, about uh, to, to um, share their stories of their experiences of being uh, groped, touched, um, spoken to uh, in, in all kinds of um, inappropriate. Yeah. Made to feel uncomfortable in all kinds of terrible um, ways. And um, I was hesitant. I know that <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was hesitant about like how to broach the conversation because it's still such a very sensitive area and I just uh, topic and I feel like it's worthy of discussion, but I wanted to make sure that we went about it the right way. So if y'all give us some time to prepare, we can come back and really, really get into it like I like I want to. But I just wanted to um, Jade and I, we really wanted to just uh, commend and uh, extend our heartfelt support to the women who have come forward and shared their stories, um, their experiences of these heinous acts um, at any point of their lives. I want to, you know, I just can't imagine uh, what, what it took for you to come forward um, in the various ways that you have. And there's no excuse or, you know, um, for what happened to you. And I just hope that uh, you guys feel the sincere support that I'm hoping to extend, um, that we're hoping to extend. And we just wanted to acknowledge you all and say that we are thinking of you, praying for you. And hopefully, uh, yeah, yeah, we believe you. And um, thank you for coming forward in the you. way you did, the time that you did. There was no, there's no such thing. It's too early, too late to anything. Um, you took your time and did what you have to do. I mean, you did what you have to do for you. And that's the most important. So I'm just, Uh, the most important thing. So we're just hoping that you can continue to move forward and get the support and help that you need. um, And let us know if there's any way that we can be um, supportive of you. Um, And we're going to, like I said, hopefully at some point we'll be able to revisit this and give this very serious topic the attention that it, it really deserves. 
So we yeah, we definitely want to shout shout you Absolutely. ladies out. Um and some men who have come forward about uh inappropriate behavior that they've experienced, uh, sexual assault, sexual harassment. Um and we're here totally. to support you in any way possible. Um <clears throat> so in news of what is going on or not going on in the world. Did you have some things that you wanted to highlight first, sis? Or should we just... Well, Colin Kaepernick oh. is GQ's 2017 Citizen of the Year. You know, I saw that this morning and it just did my heart glad. I said earlier on Twitter that I've never purchased an, a copy of GQ, but I feel like I will purchase. Never. I will purchase I this. will. Um, I'm going to. And I just that big fro yeah, man, standing tall gives me life. And I just want to shout out GQ for doing this. I know it was controversial, yeah. and all of the white people are crying, all of the white tears. Not all of the white people, I shouldn't say, but there are many, many white people crying, many, many white tears about about this. Um, so, yeah, man, shout out to GQ for for doing what's right because Colin Kaepernick is right. a hero, and he she deserves. He deserves this this um this uh, recognition. He really does. I mean, he has gone through it, and he has stood his ground. And I just respect him so much. White tears. I drink them every single morning. I literally have a mug that says "White Tears" mm-hmm. because there we don't care. We don't care about your white tears. Colin Kaepernick uh, is a he's a hero. He is a modern day hero. Not all heroes wear capes. Um, did you see Tiffany Haddish on SNL? I missed it, but I heard that it. I heard that she did a, a good job. She did. She did a good job in the intro, and she did a cute little Cardi B uh, skit. So it was cute. I didn't see the whole episode, but I did see clips, and what I saw was she did. A, she seemed to do a good job. I'm just really proud of her glow up, even if you know whatever. I'm just really, really proud <laughs> of her glow up. I'm really happy for her and where she is, and spe- especially from where she's come from. Like she's. She's doing her thing, and I don't want to, you know, I am I am all the way here for it. Me too. Uh, several people sent me a clip of her uh, opening skit when she was talking about wearing her dress multiple uh-huh. times. Uh, especially since my Instagram video about how all my clothes were being syndication. So shout out to <laughs> Tiffany Haddish Word for keeping for being it real. a national example that, you know, the value of your clothes, like, you should wear them multiple times. Like, who cares about faux pas and what's taboo? Like, right. You invest in your clothes for a reason. For a reason. She's like, so I spent shout a lot out to of good money. Wear this multiple times. I was all the way here for that. Me too, girl. I get it. Let's let's do it. Uh, Tia Tamara is pregnant. Uh huh. I saw that. Um, I'm excited for her and her husband's name is Corey, right? Corey. Yeah, I like them. I think they're cute. I like him. Um, I he did a a, a movie, a little hood movie on Netflix called Brotherly Love with Kiki Palmer. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and it was oh. actually you know, and it had um, Puff Daddy's uh, son in it, Puff Daddy and Albie Shore's love child. Um, he was in the um, movie too. What Puff Daddy and Albie Shore? <laughs> Puff Daddy's son. That's what I'll I've always sure. known to be the truth. Okay, all right, <laughs> so, all so, yes. right. It was a cute little movie called Brotherly Love. If you are into little hood movies. Then check it out on Netflix. Speaking of the truth, and someone who's never ever like spoken it in her life, Phaedra Parks oh. uh, has been. Um, <laughs> Phaedra, pa- well, Shamar Moore has outed uh, Phaedra Parks. I don't know. Well, this is the thing. I asked earlier today: Did Phaedra Parks ever say 
that her and Shamar Moore were dating? Like, did she ever so. say I, that? I saw it in or social she media. Just, people just assumed that because she called him Bay or something. But either way, Shamar went, he took to the interwebs to let everybody know that he met Phaedra Parks one time, that there has been no relationship or any type of betum that has happened um, <laughs> as a result of that one-time meeting. So stop the lies. Shamar Moore said he he is stopping the lies. He said no more. Yeah, Mariah Carey. Um, he I said, don't, I don't her. know her either. Exactly. <laughs> he mismillied. He he mismillied her. I don't know her either. I don't know her either. That's it. <laughs> that is it. Um, I don't. Oh, did you see Beyonce and the twins? Oh my word! I mean, my uh, uterus. I mean, my uterus didn't, didn't feel no way. But those children are precious in his sight. I mean, just chunky. And I just wanted to sniff them. I love to sniff babies. Rumi's uh, little bow was just, it just made my day. That little bow she had in her hair was just like, yes, Rumi. Yes, girl. And Beyonce was out there just makeupless and just flourishing in her she natural just looks beauty. like you look when you have three children. And I'm not mad at I'm it. I'm not either. I respect it. I said, I like you more, Beyonce. Go for it. I love you even Go more. Go So, yes, it. I had to address those beautiful little bundles, those little precious lambs. Lord, I saw them and I was like, ah, I'm about to go get pregnant. Mm. That, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> that's all I got. All right. Good luck with that. Good luck with your pregnancies. Thanks, sis. No problem. Sure thing. Uh, But, Yeah. Is that all? Is that all the trash we got? That's all the trash we got. I, there wasn't much going on. I think that's um, enough. That is enough. <laughs> that's enough trash. I think it is, girls and boys. So let us move forward into the shout out to my sister. Shout out to my sister. My sister's popping right now. Like shout out to hey, my sis. It's popping. It's popping. This week is more it's like a popping. shout out to my auntie. It's popping. Yes, it's popping. Shout out to my it's popping. Chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle soup. Mm. What a soda on the side. Anyway, that is also very boring right now. I've never, I still haven't watched. I'm just not intrigued. I was talking to Tay it's, earlier, and he was talking about how Mariah was supposed to beat up some girl, and I was just like, I could just do without any of that. I don't want to watch. I'm totally good on it. Actually, I'm really not interested. Remy and Pap, I'm only here for them, and I'll just watch them on Instagram. So anyway, shout out to my sis this week. So um, the Getting Grown podcast had the privilege of being invited to Jennifer Lewis's. Uh, she had like a, it wasn't a book reading, but it was just kind of like, a, I don't want to call it a stand up. It was a monologue. She just talked. She was just Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> and it is because she has a book dropping today called The Mother of Black Hollywood. And all of you um, It is a memoir. I mean, every single one. Mm-hmm. I got my copy today. I've already started it. Um, I'm already into it. She told us some of the stories uh, on the stage today. And she said some of the stories were in the book. Some of them weren't. Um, she talked about Gregory Hines and their sexcapades. Oh, how he wrote her here. Um, naked piggyback down the hallway. Oh, my Lord, God. <laughs> she said it is not a secret. It is she tells the truth and she stands in her mess. That's it. That's the only way to live. Sis, sis, do you want to know what she said? Because they did a and a So somebody asked her, like, if what would you what advice would you give to millennials or to the younger generation 
um, that's coming, you know, for their success. Mm -hmm. And the first thing she said was, take, she goes, uh, the elevator to success is broken. Take the stairs. Ain't no elevators, B. And and I shouted. I mean, praise dance. I definitely did. I better be in the spirit. More like a million. I'll be in the spirit with Jennifer Lewis on the Lord's day. Come on here. Like she's us when we get well. She's got like she's got my mouth, and then you know your philosophies. It's a great combination. So thank you, Auntie. Listen, Jennifer Lewis. I I have loved her for a very long time, and I the, I think so the long. most underrated role that she has had. Um, <coughs> maybe not the most underrated. Jackie Washington. No, that's a good one. But the I guess my favorite role. Okay. Most people don't even really care about it, but it's on my favorite show ever. So this is my favorite role. Is when she played Dean Dorothy Dandridge Davenport, <laughs> the yes! resident director of Gilbert yes! Hall. <laughs> on, on, different on a different world. world. And she was saying, <laughs> You're on my list. Like, <laughs> I've just always wanted to tell her that I that I wanted to be her. Like I just think she's amazing. I oh still my God. do. When she was <laughs> when they had that do. um when they had that tribute to Lena Horne. And she got, uh, she was all like flustered. She was walking up the stairs to sing in stormy weather. She was like, don't know why. <laughs> My favorite episode ever. Stormy weather. Sing. <laughs> she, oh my gosh. She sang like four songs. So much. She sang Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. She sang, she sang Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. She sang, she did her For The Book Challenge. Yeah. Um, and she also sang a song because she told us stories. She travels like crazy. So she told us stories about being in the Serengeti and like all kinds of crazy stuff. But she was in the desert and she said she got the rare privilege of riding a two hump camel. And she sang us a song about how after she got off that camel, how her pussy was broken. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and how the two of camel broke her pussy bone. Oh, Jesus. I took a video to show you. Oh, my God. So you can bask in the greatness. I love her so much. So, yes. I love This her. book sounds like it's going to make my life. I have already placed my Amazon order. I will let you all know when I receive oh. it, and we can all sit around and just have good cackles about it. Please, yeah, we might have to do a kitchen table talk on the mother we of Black Hollywood. might, because I just feel like it's worth that. And we are still working on the Getting Grown Book Club. So yes. that might definitely be a contender. Um, but yes, shout out to our auntie Jennifer Lewis and her up and coming newly released, not up and coming, but new, her brand new book that actually releases today, November 14th, 2017. It is called Jennifer Lewis, the mother of black Hollywood. Mother it has black amazing Hollywood. stories. And it also says here that there are 16 color uh, pages of color photos. Um, yes. And I mean, the legacy of her career and all the things that she's done, this is something that you absolutely are going to want to have. Um, talk about black excellence, right? Like your kids need to know who Jennifer Lewis is. So everybody run out. They really do. Run out and get this book, man. Get it get it right now. Noah's going to know who Jennifer Lewis is. And if you're in the New York City area today, actually, and you can cop a book and you can happen to slide out of work, um, it's cold season, so use that to your advantage. <laughs> you can go down to the Strand where she will be signing okay. uh, books Strand this Theater. afternoon. Since Yep, so... Uh, you can check that out on social media for times and details. But I know two days since we're coming out in the morning, you not, you have the opportunity, if you're listening, to check out her book signing at the Strand. 
Tell her Jade and Kia sent you. She doesn't know who we are, but that will make us happy. Not a clue. Yeah, yeah make sure you plug the getting grown. Oh, plug, yeah. plug, plug, Don't plug, plug. Don't know why. <laughs> Shout out to my sister in reverse. Come on. Skies, stormy weather. I just love her so much. <laughs> just her. And when she was on, when she, me and uh, Fury always do this. When she was on Living Single as that, uh, what's her, the Dina show? What was the name of the talk show that she hosted? And Khadijah was on there. I think, I, I think it was, was it, was it the Dina? She was like, Regine! <laughs> Regine, <laughs> yo, that we rewound that well, on my birthday. So on my birthday, we went to Crystal's Ooh, house, good. and we literally sat around and watched, um, and watched Living Single, and we rewound that part so many times. That in the coat, so, oh my god, Regine, coat, Regine, <laughs> Regine. <laughs> good times. We love you, Jennifer Lewis. Somebody rapper in bubble rap, please, yeah, so Jesus. Much. And just keep her safe. I mean, in ice. Forever and ever. Amen. God, keep her. Shout out to Amen. All right, let's go to the kitchen table. table. What is it? Mesa de... What is... How do you say kitchen? Mesa de... Cocina. Is that? Yeah, Mesa Um, de Cocina. Table of kitchen. The kitchen table. Mesa de cocina. Table of kitchen. Yes. Swiper, swiper, no swiper. Mesa de cocina. Mesa de cocina. <laughs> Welcome, de boys cocina. and girls, to the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> swiping, no swiping. Swiping, no swiping. Chocolate. Fresh mouth. Listen, she's <laughs> chocolate. I, I always be like, every time I Grab watch chocolate in your agua. Girl, who is she talking to? She doesn't know how to speak to adults. She's very, very tone, girl. Girl, who are you? Like, come on with these orders. Dora can't say please and thank you. Bamanos! I'm like, you're really aggressive. Her and Caillou. Yo, I do not let Noah watch Caillou. I do not fuck with Caillou. I'm trying to think. When we were young, my aunt, my godmother, <laughs> she was very, very uh, serious about like television rules and what was appropriate for children to watch. Remember, I remember one time me and my brother mm-hmm. was watching Baywatch and she was like, she was like, oh. they don't have no clothes on. Y'all don't need to be watching that. <laughs> Ryan was like, they're at the beach. Like, what do you expect? They don't, people don't even go on the beach. Like, why are you tripping? But I remember uh, she, one time we was watching Charlie Brown and Lucy was being bossy to Charlie. And she was just like, I don't like her tone. <laughs> I do not like her tone. I don't like that. No. I don't like that. But... I'm telling. What did I ever talk about that episode Mm-mm. of Peppa Pig? Peppa Pig is Noah's joint, though. Where she hung Pe- up the. Okay. Every me and Noah Yo, used to watch Peppa, Peppa Pig together back all, in the day. That's how I know. She'd be like, "I want to watch Peppa Pig." Okay. I want to watch Peppa, Peppa Pig. Pig. So she has a backpack. She has Peppa Pig backpack. It's got little feet that hang it's down and like ba- ballet wings or whatever. Fuck, I don't know. But this <laughs> Peppa Pig is rude. Okay, and so one episode, Peppa. Was a shell. She she wanted to she wanted to learn how to whistle and she couldn't whistle right. So she was mad. Everybody could whistle. So she calls up her good homegirl Susie Sheep right. So she calls Susie Sheep and she's like, Susie, do you know how to whistle? And Susie's like, <laughs> What's whistling? And Pepper's like, It's when you put your lips together and blow. And Susie's like, Like this? And she whistles. And Peppa hangs up the phone, and all you hear is the dial tone. Peppa was pissed. <laughs> Yo, she was pissed Susie could whistle. Susie didn't even know what whistling was, and she did it effortlessly, and Peppa hated on it and hung up the phone on her face. Rudity. And Tristan turned to me and said, 
yo, Peppa's a little B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she is. Upsetting. She's rude as Very shit. Upsetting. So that's where they'd be learning some of these little rude ass behaviors. That in, in YouTube, the dangers of YouTube. But anyway, back to what we're actually supposed to be talking about. Forgive us. What you eating today? Oh, I didn't. You know what? I was just really hungry, but still very lazy and didn't feel like cooking the things. So I had a bowl of honey bunches of oats with strawberries. Yo, that is so adult. Bruh. And it was so delicious. I was like, why is it so I know. When the milk be real cold. I had some almond milk, some unsweetened vanilla almond milk. You better be me, God sis. moved, honey. Let me tell you. I was like, this cereal is really tasting like a full-fledged meal. God be praised. My dead ass will have two bowls of cereal. Like, every time I have it and it's just right and the milk be real cold and it's crispy and all that because I don't like soggy cereal, I'll go back and have a second bowl just to experience that joy all over again. Cereal was the move on tonight. What are you eating, sis? Chinese food. Spare ribs, fried rice, oh, general sauce chicken, beef, and broccoli. I can go for a spare rib. And some chicken wings with duck sauce. Speaking of spare ribs, mm. Portia on Housewives last night. <laughs> um, because that's what she's a smart ass. She's, spare ribs. No, she was fake talking about how she a vegan after she watched What the Health. And she was literally in her freezer throwing out all of this meat. Talking about, why do I have all this meat? I said, because meat is delicious, girl. And there are people who are starving all over this country. So and you're not you're a real throw, vegan. And I was like, what made me upset? I was like, She's talking about, I'm never eating meat again. And I literally was just like, I bet you Portia is eating a pork chop sandwich right now. Like, she said right that. Like, how bread many people turned vegan for three days after watching What the Health? And now they right back at the Popeyes. Because let me tell you what my God said. All things are good. I'm not here to judge the vegans and the vegetarians. I think that's your choice. No, you know not at saying? all. I've done it no. temporarily. But I nope. just feel like, you know, the Lord said in the Bible. That we are nah. not to judge anything yeah. that he made. That's that right there. No. It's in the word. Except I won't eat snake. I don't have a desire to eat snake. Oh, I have no desire to eat no. the serpent. But let me tell y'all, I eat everything else. Crab, shrimp, lobster, pork, beef, chicken, fish. A nigga likes meat. I love meat. And people talk about how they've gone vegan or vegetarian temporarily. I never have and I never will. And it's not a judgment to you. I think that's amazing. I think that is a self-control and a will that I just don't ever possess. I love pork. I love meat. I am such a carnivore. Because my worship is for real. Amen. Well, in any case, we're actually here at the kitchen table today to um, talk about having a personal board of directors. We went back and forth about what to discussed this week and this is where we landed so we hope that it's helpful to you we're hoping that as we plan for 2018 since we're going to look up and it's going to be here tomorrow it's really smack dab in the middle of november we have about um we only have about 40 or 50 days or so left in this year Mm -hmm. um that inflamed pimples been president for almost a year man listen this is why we got to stay prayed up but as we're looking forward and thinking about the ways that we're going to, the, the goals that we're going to set for 2018 and how we're going to reach them, uh, we thought this would be a good uh, day to talk about creating a personal board of directors for yourself. And when we say personal board of directors, we mean specifically, like, you know, we think in terms of mentorship, a lot of times we've been socialized to believe that you have one or two mentors or your mentor is kind of like the... Uh, person that you can go to and talk to about a wide range of things. Um, And Mm -hmm. sometimes that is the case. Like sometimes you have 
uh, a mentor who's kind of who you know can kind of occupy occupy that oracle guru space and whatever issues or problem you have, they can help you and provide insight and direction into what you should do or how you should proceed. But realistically speaking, um, as we get older, everybody doesn't have a friend. Oh, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, yeah, well, okay. Realistically speaking. Fran Fran better be your guru. All right. Fran is everybody, Fran is the guru. That's a lot of pressure. I'm not putting that pressure on you, sis. Fran is a friend. Fran is a friend. Fran is a person. Right. Fran, Fran, I'm sure Fran has people who she goes to for advice as well. Um, she is very wise. Of course. Though. It's like organic guru ship. She's very wise. And we do uh, consult Fran for a lot of different things. But yes. Okay. So Fran's like a thousand years old and y'all don't oh even my know. my gosh. So, <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> in lieu of not, ha- in, like, since we may not have somebody who we can go to and just ask all the questions, um, it, it's wise for us to think about curating a board of directors for yourself. So think of your life as a business or organization mm-hmm. that, you know, is working towards achieving goals. You have a mission, you have goals that you're working towards. And a board of directors is, is a group of persons that will serve as advisors for specific reasons. So you might have someone that, you know, will help you concerning your finances. You might have someone who uh, can give you uh, career advice, um, you know, or specific advice about a certain aspect of your career. You might have somebody who you talk to about relationships and navigating your marriage or navigating your single life Mm -hmm. or uh, your dating relationship. So we thought it would be cool to think through what a personal board of directors is (laughs) and why we need one and what some of the roles uh, you might want to consider and why you're thinking of people to... uh, asked to be on your personal board of directors and then we're probably going to end up the conversation uh, we're also going to talk about like you know what are some good ways to choose and manage your board once you've already um, established it and then we'll finally end up probably talking about Jade and I will pick yeah if we could we can make a fantasy board of directors a fantasy we'll pick three people who would be on our fantasy board of directors and why so you ready, sis? I'm ready. All right, then. So in terms of what your personal board of directors is um, and what it isn't, do you have any thoughts of what, what it should be or what it is or what it's not? Well, you sent this very cool little um, PowerPoint presentation that talks about, and we can link you guys in the description box, um, the PowerPoint presentation that talks about creating a personal um creating a personal board of directors for your life. And I like, there was a quote that I thought was really good to start off with where they said, we are more creative, more confident and accomplish more in groups. That's the power of circles. And so I thought that was a really good quote because I find that, you know, in all of the things that we do, you know, we're in podcasting or, you know, I'm in, in, in the chef life, you know what I'm saying? I also work in the corporate field. Those are fields where you have to work with other people and you can also work by yourself. And in the podcast world, we could just be getting grown, but we consult and talk to other friends of ours who have successful podcasts. You know what I'm saying? We're lucky to be a part of a network that's a really powerful network in podcasting. Um, When it comes to, to me cooking, 
You know what I'm saying? With Santana, we linked up and did this for the culture and we still have our individual brands. But we said, why not come together on a lot of these events and do things that are going to, you know, build us both up. They'll build our personal brands. And it's also something dope that we can do together and something that we can build together as well. So I just think that that quote was really pointed. I really liked it. And I thought that I wanted to share that. Right on, right on. Um, So your personal board of directors is something that you should be intentional and pretty deliberate about. Um, Like Jade said, it's something that's Mm going to require you to just sit down and think about where you are in life and where you want to be and like um, putting together a list of of people, persons that will be helpful in getting you there. Um, And when you approach these people, it'll be good to have uh, a sense in your mind about... um, because I mean, or a sense of or a sense concerning how specifically they're going to help you so that you can ask them to help you in that way. I think it's right. uh, as someone who has been asked, um, like, can you mentor me? You don't want to be like mean and just say, uh, <laughs> girl, for what? But like it, it, it's, it's always helpful <laughs> if if I know. Well, shout out to Brooklyn. Sorry. Um, it's always helpful mm-hmm. if I know. Nosy. Uh, what it is that you would like me to help you do, because there are lots of different areas and 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 things, you know, that you may may need, and I may or may not be the best person. So, I mean, we should both get on the same page about what it is that you're looking for, so that we can determine whether or not this relationship will be productive or beneficial to you. Right. You have to be super specific, and I think even before that, you need to ask yourself why you need right. a personal board of directors in the first place. Um, I thought it was really good because they mentioned a couple of different points. They offer diverse perspectives, wisdom to accelerate your learning curves, access to key people or resources, helping to navigate your blind spots, honest, constructive criticism when you need it most, encouragement to step out of your comfort zone and accountability to big goals. And these are all things that lead to to, to very successful careers in whatever Indeed. avenue you're, you're going towards. So with that being said, you're... Personal board of directors should be people who you look to as mentors, sponsors, or advocates and role models. So it shouldn't, nec- it, you don't want people who are just going to like mm-hmm. be a fan club or just sit around and socialize with you and just let you kind of just veg out and just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk without actually having a plan or doing anything or moving towards or making a plan to move toward the goals that you set for yourself. Um, and this is actually like, don't conflate it with just like a group of friends or a group of family, but be clear about the fact that this is actually a a board of people Mm -hmm. who you will consult for specific reasons concerning your own success. Right. And that's not to say you're using people. Right. But everybody knows that when they have a certain level, a board of directors are people essentially that you have to seek out who are better than you. And that's where humility has to come into play, first of all, where you need to admit that there are tons of people out there who are better than you at what what you do. Right. And instead of being envious or, um, you know, being upset at the fact that there's somebody out there who's better than you, you need to use that to your advantage to help you to be better in that field so you can be the best at, at whatever it is you do for yourself. And not only better, but not just better, better. I mean, but you may even want to consider further. Like, I like to think of it as further, right. like people who are further. Um, right. Something that I want to do, <laughs> something I want to do and as I'm thinking about, you know, ways that I want to celebrate uh, my birthday as it's coming up. It's like we always get together and sit around and talk about like social media, what's gossip, what, who got on and why and where. And, you know, the kind of like everyday kind of chitter chatter things that we do when we get together as friends. 
but I'm being intentional about moving forward in the next phase of my life. I have some specific goals in mind. So I'm really working mm-hmm. towards sitting up under some wisdom. I want to get around the people who are doing what I want to do eventually so that I can learn from them. Like it's not, it is like, teach me. I'm, I am very much a humble student in this phase of my life. Even after, yeah. you know, being blessed to accomplish what I've accomplished. Like I literally just want to sit up under somebody who I admire and have them to teach me and show me some things. Because if I want to, if I want to change, you know, the second half of my thirties and I want them to be different than the first half of my thirties. And I got to arm myself with the information that I need in order to kind of make changes and move differently um, as I enter into this next phase of my life. So. I'm hoping that this uh, information will be helpful to you, helpful to us as we move forward and try to figure that out. So yep. the the little uh, PowerPoint that I found online um, identifies roles that you may want to consider while you're putting your list of uh, your personal board of directors together. And these roles kind of remind me of what we talked about in the friend inventory episode. We're talking about the kinds of friends mm-hmm. that you want in your corner. Yeah, I was thinking that. Um, because just like just like uh, that list that we found, uh, this list also is a bunch of different C's. So it talks about having a connector, someone who is really good and really resourceful and someone who can connect you to other people and to other information, to other resources. So having someone who can listen to what you need and think about, okay, if you, you got to do this, I know somebody who got this or that. Think of someone who's the plug, can mm-hmm. always, always uh, connect you to what you may need. Um, and someone who has a level of access that you don't have or can't can't uh, or, or don't have yet. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And then next you have the clarifier. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. The clarifier. So that's the person who asks you the clear questions. Um, if you're starting a business, if you're in a, in a certain profession, this is a person who's going to ask you very pointed questions that's going to lead you to a more successful finish. So um, let's say that you're sourcing products. You're going to have somebody there who's going to ask you, okay, are you purchasing wholesale? Where are you purchasing your products from? They're going to ask you why you're purchasing your products there. They're going to break it down for you why you need to purchase elsewhere. Um, this is somebody who's going to help to lead you to clear and visible um, answers and conclusions. Yeah. So that's the clarifier. And push you to consider all things. Like if, let's say you're planning an event, like this is the person that's going to, you know, like be like, what are, uh, like, let's talk venue, let's talk contracts, let's talk, uh, you know, um, right. vendors, let's Log- talk logistics. parking. Let's like, this is the person who's going to ask you the questions um, about, uh, and just kind of make sure that you kind of thought through all the details of what your goal is. Then we have the counselor, and this is someone who provides invaluable perspective. This is a person who is, you know, who is going to have force, uh, have insight and wisdom that you that you know you don't have. Like, I, I this is something that I want to do. I feel like you've done this before, so maybe you can tell me or help me to even consider things that I wouldn't even that wouldn't even be on my radar to consider. And exactly. they're going to provide you with counsel, like literally give you advice. Um, and I mean, this is, yeah. So it may, so it may not be always, I mean, you know, with all advice, you, you spit out, you eat the meat and spit out the bones. So whatever is applicable, you keep it. And whatever is mm-hmm. not, you don't. But, you know, it's just good to have someone who, who you know, and who you recognize as somebody who is just like out there and knows how to do this. Right. Which comes to the next person is the challenger. And that's the person who's going to help you to act boldly. So you may have an idea. That person's going to help you to elevate that idea and take it to the next level and really put it out there so that you're putting your best foot forward and you're not settling for 
something less than what you could be doing. So you need somebody, you need the challenger. It's a person who's going to push you to, um, to, to make the hard decisions and to act boldly in your decisions. Show you right. Um, this person is also the devil's advocate. Like they just be out here like, uh, yes. What, what if this happens? Just presenting all kinds of worst case scenarios Mm -hmm. so that you could just be prepared, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for whatever may come for any, indeed, indeed. Right. Uh, then we have the coach. This is the person who encourages you and pushes you to be your best. This is the person who is like, yes, girl, you can do it when you get discouraged. Um, this is the person who is like, okay, I know that you've had this series of setbacks, but let's sit down and strategize how we can get, you know, over this hump. Um, so you have to have, or you should have, uh, it would be cool to have someone on your uh, board of directors who can kind of coach you in that way. And then you have the confidant who kind of ties in with the coach because this is the person who listens to you and sympathizes with you and then gets you back on track. So this person is going to hear all your woes, all of your financial fuck ups, all of your faux pas, everything that you do wrong. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Which is always a lesson. So don't look at it. Don't look at it as just doing it wrong. Look at it as figuring out how to do it right the next time. And this is the person who's going to listen to you as you go through all of those challenges. And then it's going to help you to figure out how to get back on track so that you're not stuck in that place of negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, this is one of my favorites. This is the, uh, you have the controller. This is the person who is responsible for ensuring your accountability. Um, this is the person who is going to help you to set measurable outcomes and goals and hold you accountable to those goals. This is the person who's going to keep track of your success and progress or help you keep track of your successes and progress toward these goals and making sure that you're, um, you know, making timely progress as you, you know, move forward. This is the person that's going to ask you, did you do what we said you was going to do by this time? They may get on your nerves a little bit, but this is the person who you need. Get you a controller right. if you don't have one. Exactly. If you don't have one. <laughs> so then after all of that, you got to choose your board members. Right, indeed. Right, indeed. Um, and Jay talks about uh, certain qualities that a, a, a board member should have. Like, um, in addition to all of the wisdom and knowledge that you have on your personal board, you absolutely want people who are good uh quality just non-trash people who actually have integrity so you want these people to be you know (laughs) compassionate truth tellers they you want them to be honest you want them to have professional insight and expertise both inside and outside of your field you want them to have a range of perspectives Mm -hmm. um, and experiences that they can bring and you want them to have values like you don't want them to just be out here having you doing things all willy-nilly but somebody who's going to keep you in line as far as like you know how to get that how to get that done Mm-hmm. Get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. Um, so yeah, I think we should think about like approaching. So like I think a point this would be a good place to kind of kind of say that when we're talking about board of directors, this is not a group of people that you need to convene all at one time. Like you don't have to have a board meeting <laughs> no. where you ask all of these uh, people. Not a literal board right. of directors. Right. We're not we're not asking you to get all these people in one room at one time and y'all just sit around and plan out your life. Now, that might be feasible for some people in some cases, but you know, uh, across the board, many of us are just going to have this list of people hanging up somewhere in our house or written down in a journal. <laughs> um, this is this is going to be like an imaginary, not imaginary. Well, imaginary in the sense that, you know, it's not a board that actually convenes, but um, literally just like a group of people who you um, consult with at different times for different reasons. Um, and it's something that right. you, you know, 
you should manage uh, on your own. And there are things that you can do uh, in order to ensure that you do that. So it's more about like having a plan for how you're going to engage with these people and taking responsibility, like putting the responsibility, um, I mean, assuming the responsibility yourself for kind of managing and navigating these relationships. So yeah, word, right indeed. Oh, okay. Who would you put on your fantasy board of directors? Uh, um, the very first person that comes to my mind is Oprah Winfrey. If I if I had to just sit down and uh, if I had to sit down and talk to someone who I would just love to get in her head about um, the various ways that she's been able to grow, you know, her purpose and passion and make it like uh, marketable. Um, you know, and, and just like the authenticity with which she reaches all people and how does she kind of like tap into, you know, what people need and, 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 you know, being able to be a resource that helps to supply those needs. I just think that there are lots of things that I could learn from Oprah, her grind, her tenacity, you know, how, how she got her start a little later. Like Oprah was, was well into her thirties before she started in television. Um, and you know, yeah. so, and, and look what she's been able to accomplish. Um, in that year's time. So fantasy board of directors, you got a first, first start with Oprah Winfrey. What about you? All right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though you better not say nothing about my auntie Oprah. I know how you feel about her, but you're just going to have to be quiet. I listened. I ate it. I didn't you say did. anything you at sure all. Did. And I wasn't going to. All right. I, just, I didn't say anything. Listen, I know I have felt ways about Oprah, but I respect her hustle. I will in all seriousness, I respect her hustle and while I don't always agree with her, I can't sh- I can't shade her for what she's done. I mean, the lady has accomplished like the inevitable, so I you know in the impossible. Yeah. So I I I have to give her respect for that. But she ain't on my board of directors. Okay. Um, the first person on my board of directors would probably be in in the culinary field. I'd want to work with Alex Gornashelli. Um. <laughs> That is just this, I just love her so much. I love her personality. Um, I think she is so skilled and she makes food that uh, every time she makes it, it's something that that I look like I want to eat, not just some bullshit on a plate. And so I also went to her restaurant. It was amazing. So if I could have anybody on my board of directors in that particular area of my life, I would want Alex Gordon-Shelley. I like Alex Gordon-Shelley. Scott Conan is my white boyfriend, though. That's fair. I'm not entirely sure not why. Mad. I love Because him I have never, ever really been attracted to white men. But I don't know. Every time he's on the TV, I just be in here grinning. Like, Kia, why are you smiling? I don't know why. <laughs> it troubles me because I wish I could, look, like, figure out or understand what it is. I just be like... That's the one with the beard, right? Look at Scott. Yes. And the glasses sometimes. Yeah, yeah I he's love wearing, him. Like, the blazers. I be I'm, like, Scott. Look at Scott going. Oh my God. And then he smiles. Yes, he got I all love the teeth. All the their good teeth. <laughs> yes. I'm a big fan of Scott Conan. Oh my God. Um Yeah, I really do love him actually. OMG, yes. Like absolutely. Um Okay, so my second person on my uh <laughs> y'all are gonna judge me for this. I'm totally okay with that. You're gonna it's fine. Um, and it might be like, I don't know, some of you may expect it, some of you won't. But the second person on my dream team, personal board of directors, would have to be T.D. Jakes. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. T.D. Jakes is an empire. You're not going to be able to understand half of what he says. You, first of all, don't judge him. 
<laughs> See, if you can get past certain... He's got like the fattest thumb. Listen, yeah. if you can get past that and really <laughs> listen to him, T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes is really one of the most brilliant people I've ever... Even though he's like a, a country black man who makes up words sometimes. Um, T.D. Jakes has so much wisdom and lived experience and he's intellect. He's an intellectual. A lot of people don't really know that, but I really love his approach to mm-hmm. everything that he does. He is a thinking man and like a master strategist. So not only has he, um, not only is he like masterful about the way that he preaches and like uh you know breaks down and applies like God's word, um, but he's also like I really love about him that. Like we, he, he said himself that the church has not done a great job of giving people practical tools to live life and to thrive at life and to have awesome, amazing lives. Um, so we we have used uh, religion and the Holy Spirit and stuff. It's kind of like a drug. Like we go to church and we get high off of it because it feels good to be in church and it's fun and the music is banging and it's always something to see. There's always, you know, something going on and we feel better about our situations when we're there normally. But in terms of giving people practical tools about how to make their lives better and how to like apply the principles that are presented in the Bible, um, the principles that Jesus talked about, like in actual and how to like be a better Christian and be a better person in practice. We have the, you know, traditionally mm-hmm. the church has not done an awesome job of doing that. And I'm not saying that he's flawless and perfect at it, but I just really respect the way that he mm-hmm. is so applied and practical in his thinking, not only about uh, being a Christian, but about like building up people and helping them to live better lives and being like a major uh, source of information in many different areas. I respect the way that T.D. Jakes has taken, uh, has like used multiple mediums to kind of, you know, get him his message out there. So like whether it be writing movies, writing books, uh, all of that, like he's just out here and y'all can't deny that. So (laughs) I would just love to sit up under him and really figure out how we could do better about giving people information. Because that's, I've always said that I want to be a resource. It's not necessarily about, uh, you know, you know, the kind of information is, uh, I want to do good work and I want to be a resource to people. I want to help, I want to help people to gain information and to learn and to live better. And I just really respect the way that he's done that. So that's why I picked T.D. Jakes. Who's your number two, sis? I respect it. I respect it. My number two is actually uh, Jennifer Lewis. Yay! Um, You know, we have all of the, like, I love her so much. And we, you know, we, we, we quote her lines and we talk about everything she's been in. But just hearing her speak about her life's experiences, um, suffering through bipolar disorder and having to deal with that, and also um, not overcoming because that's not something that you can you can cure, but being able to 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 cope with it and deal with it and still be like this powerful force. And she has been working. I mean, if y'all can't say nothing about that woman, that woman has been working for Listen, a her really IMDb long time. is like she's been legendary. Nobody is like nobody like works CVS more week. than Jennifer Lewis. She is out here and and being working. It is. She's out here working. And you know what she said? She was like, she's like, I've been in a lot of shit. She's like, I've been in a lot of shows and I've been in a lot of movies and I've been in a lot of bad movies. 
Like, but she'd been out here consistently working. When she was in her 20s, she had a sold out one woman show. You know what I'm saying? And she had Bette Midler call her, who one of her is one of her heartlets, called her and wanted her in LA on Monday. And she's like, I got a sold out show. And Bette Midler's like, get your understudy to do it. She's like, ain't no understudy, bitch. She was like, it's a one woman show. And I sold that motherfucker out. So, and she has just been a powerful force in just the way that she loves herself and she speaks about herself and how she views herself, um, her relationships with other people. She places importance on her relationships with other people. And I've I give her so much respect for that. And it's not necessarily just people who are in the industry, but it's friends of hers. And she'll tell stories about the impact that they've had on her life and personal experiences with them. And so just after hearing her speak about that and her just being like this outspoken, crazy ass black woman who's like authentically black um, and have navigated her career being herself the entire time. I have nothing but respect for her, and I would absolutely put her on my fantasy board. What do you, what would she teach you how to do? I'm not saying that she can, I just specifically, like, what would you put her on there for? I'd put her on there to help me to navigate my career um, and continue to, because she makes bold decisions. She goes out there and she just does stuff. She'll just do, do do roles. You know what I'm saying? And look how Blackish took off. You know what I'm saying? So like, I would have her on my board of directors to um, help me to 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 make bold decisions um, and to navigate making bold decisions, and then to also hold me accountable and continue to be myself in doing so. Uh, not that I ever see myself losing myself, but I just love how she has remained who she is all of this time. And so I would love to keep her there to help me to make those bold decisions and also to hold me accountable and make sure that I'm sticking to who I am. You know what I'm saying? While I'm doing all of this. Awesome sauce. I can dig it. Um, My final person that I mean, Who's your last? my board of directors is going to have many, many people on it, but we're only giving three examples right now. And I guess the the final example that I'm going to give is not actually a celebrity. Um, this person is someone who I know, and I just could not imagine having a board of directors without her. This person is Dr. Sharon Fries-Britt. She is uh, my dissertation chair, and she was my advisor um, during my doctoral program. And I say her um, mm-hmm. because it was important to me as I was... Uh, selecting a program, um, selecting a place to, you know, where I was going to do my, my uh, doctoral work. It was important for me to have an example of a black woman um, and how black women navigate this space. Um, and not mm-hmm. only is Dr. Friesberg a masterful scholar who has really, really throughout her career done amazing research and scholarship that has informed um you know, higher education, uh, research and practice for like many, many years. Like she's out here. Anybody who's uh, done any work on black students has absolutely had to cite her. Like she is a legend. Um, but not only is she a legend, but she is mm-hmm. one of the most personable, um, down to earth, uh, well-rounded people I've ever met. So most of, a lot of times when you, you know, meet and hang out with, scholars um there are certain types of scholars right so there are people who are just so consumed with their work that they don't have lives outside of that um but dr freesbury is just so Mm -hmm. balanced um in that you know she's always 
And she's always remained true to herself. Like she's not compromised any aspect of her life or her identity and still been able to be so successful in her career. Mm -hmm. And I just admire that. And I would want her on my personal board of directors because I would like for her to advise me on how to remain conscious of and true to myself as a, as a woman um, first um, Mm -hmm. and have that inform my practice as a scholar and a professional. Um, So yeah, she's just out here and she's literally like has taught me so much um, in terms and like, you know, and, and it's, about like different areas, like how to manage. So she's like an awesome manager and I would have her on my uh, personal board of directors because she would just really, uh, in order for her to help me to manage the different, the different projects and the different arms and aspects of the work that I want to do as it relates to my life, as it relates to my family, as it relates to my finances, like she's just goals. (laughs) So um, yeah, man. That's that's my third. That's dope. Who's your third, sissy? Well, I'm gonna make it sappy. Okay. Um, I put my mom Aww. on my oh, board of directors. Right, now you make me feel like a terrible person. Why? No, I think that. Please, I was sitting here and I was like, man, I ain't got no doctors <laughs> and shit to to put on my board of directors. I ain't got nobody's. I ain't set up no conference where I'm worried about what no nigga is saying up on the stage, <laughs> but. My mom, and I put my mom because, yo, my mom is like true black lady, true black woman to her core. My mom's been in every single field known to man um, in my life. She has worked in every avenue, every everywhere. And literally in everything that she's done, she has been stupid successful. She Aww. has done an amazing yeah, job. She figures out figures out how to do whatever it is that she's doing in that moment. She figures out how to do it really, really well. And then she's got an amazing business sense. And then she puts herself out there. She's very bold and she makes smart decisions and she follows through. My mom was a masseuse for a time. She ended up booking an entire NFL team. Hmm. That was her clients. You know what I'm saying? Kim Filch, she massaged Kim Filch. She massaged Zena Garrison, um, one of the the first black uh, female tennis players. Um, who, you know, it was like the original Serena and Venus. Um, she just had a number of like crazy clients cause she was doing such a good job. Then she got into real estate and this lady is like selling houses, like nobody's business. And then, you know, she, the whole time she's always been like this amazing cook. And my parents have always been big on hosting people at the house. So, you know, then she decided to turn into a business and it became a successful business. And she's through all of that and and now she like takes care of her grand one of her grandchildren and flips houses like her and my dad renovate houses because my dad's always owned a flooring company so he's really smart when it comes to dealing with contractors and business relationships and knowing what looks really good and um the two of them together make a crazy team and while my mom has always navigated her own uh professional you know trajectory and whatever it is in that moment she has assisted my dad. She's helped my dad run his own business for the last 30 years. She's done invoices for him, proposals for uh, for clients. She's done all of this side work for him while she's doing her own thing and while raising two kids. And so if I was going to put anybody on my board of directors, I'd put my mom because my mom does a damn good job at everything Yay, that she does. Mom. 
And if anybody's going to hold me accountable, I know it's going to be that lady. Don't moms have a special way of doing that. <laughs> that it. Woo. Yeah. And she would drive me crazy. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah. But, yeah. Personal boards of directors, man. So, that'll that's just a little food for thought for you all. Um you know, sit down, really, really sit with that. We're going to put the link in the description box for the, for the, uh, slides, the, what's the damn thing yeah. called? PowerPoint that we were referencing. We'll put the link in the description box so that you guys can take a look at some of those points that we were able to bring out and then really sit that with yourself. Like, what are some of your goals for 2018? What do you want to do? I know Kia has some really amazing things planned for her birthday. Like she said, most of us just sit around and eat cupcakes and shit and talk shit with our niggas, play spades or whatever. Um, but she's got some really amazing things planned for her birthday, which are going to lead to some really big things in her career. It's going to come together. I'm going to make sure to help you to make that happen as much as I can. Thank you, sis. Of course. You know, and I, and I'm really working on some things for 2018. I have a business that I've started. I cannot say what it is. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. But <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to tell me when I can come and get my, get my things. Listen. From all of your, all of listen, because one of them's gonna pop. <laughs> one of, no, but this is um, just to let you all know. I am really aiming towards. I know this is gonna sound crazy, and, and you know everybody hears my little Wayne going on, you know, while we while we record. But in all seriousness, um, I'd love to pursue. Uh, it's I'm still very focused on a culinary path, and I keep a corporate job because a nigga needs insurance, but. I'm really focused on being a black woman in cannabis. I'd love to own a dispensary one day. Um, and I think it's very doable. And I have some really clear business plans and media kits and things like that that I've been working on um, to show with investors because I'd love to be a black woman in cannabis. There's so few of us. Um, and to be able to work in it in a legal way would be absolutely amazing and so it's something that i'm really interested in i think i would be really good at um and i advocate for and so yeah i'm working on some things for 2018 and we got more getting grown maybe some live shows man live shows we on episode i think that's i think that's coming pretty soon let us like yeah yeah let us like take our time but you know you got to put it out in the universe. Yeah, all right. Well, we can just, it's we gonna can just talk to the man who made the universe. Huh? <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, uh, <laughs> that's it for the kitchen table. We will move forward on. It she wasn't just threw church me girl church shade. girl shade. That's just how I feel about it. You know what I'm saying? It's no shade. Uh, let's move on to the Odyssey box. Hey, let's do it. Remember, y'all, this week's episode of Getting Grown is brought to you by Form. It's the holiday season, and what's the best gift you can give someone you love? A better way to take care of themselves. Help your loved ones get closer to their perfect hair care regimen by giving the gift of Form this holiday season. Born from a global community of women from all walks of life, Form is the first and only premium end-to-end system designed to make hair care simpler. The Form collection will help make your hair care experience personal by offering uncompromising products specifically designed for individual hair needs. There are no suspect chemicals or formulas in any of their products, 
Everything from Form is thoroughly vetted to provide top performance without compromising the health of your hair. Form's collection of products was designed to complement each other and your process, no matter what your needs are. Form works every step of the way. You can get 10% off your entire order when you visit formbeauty forward slash grown. The discount code will be automatically applied at checkout. That's formbeauty.com forward slash grown. Get personal with Form. Honestly? Truly. It's honesty box time. So, we got a uh, we got an email, and it was actually more of a kitchen table talk um, sh- suggestion. That's what she. But when we were reading through it, we said well, the, we think that this should be an honesty box question. So we have made it an honesty box question, and it is anonymous. And uh, it says, "Could you ladies talk about determining when a career situation is no longer serving you, and when you should leave?" I work under a contract in the news industry and I'm at a crossroads in my career. Breaking my contract means I may have to pay back some money to the company, contract signing, bonuses, moving fees, etc., which leaves me hesitant to make an emotional decision and call it quits. How do you weigh your options and determine whether this is just paying your dues as a newer person in an industry versus when it's time to sever ties and search for something else? Thank you, Anonymous. Well, Anonymous, girl. Um, I think it takes, you know, I think you should sit down and, well, I don't know if it were me, I'll probably sit down and I don't know. I think it depends on what, uh, what about this job, this position is miserable. Is this, is this a matter of, if this is is a, a situation where you're being abused or taken advantage of, or somebody is talking to you crazy I think that, you know, then then it may be time to think through an exit strategy, right? Or if you're really just straight up and down miserable. Yeah, um, yeah, but I'm cautious of, so like, there are aspects of whatever work you do that you are not going to enjoy. I, I, mm-hmm. That's what I think. So I, I'm, I'm not saying that you have to be mm-hmm. miserable, or I'm not I'm not advocating for people staying in situations that are unhealthy or unproductive um, or inefficient use of your time. But I, I do I'm just I'm cautious of just telling people. Uh, I don't know. I'm just cautious against hasty decisions that are that are emotionally based. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, I agree. I um, I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I think weighing first of all weighing your pros and cons and like I'm I'm completely on your side. I 100% agree with you. I'm not in I'm personally not into making hasty decisions. I'm not in a position where I can make hasty decisions. You know what I'm saying? Right. I know what I would like to do, but I know what I am capable of right now and I know what needs to be done. And so therefore, I also know that there are other things that I want to be doing. And so while I do the things that I have to do, I work towards those goals in the things that I want to do so that they are the things later on that I have to do. Um, When it comes to cooking, like he has said, there are always aspects of whatever you're in that are not enjoyable. When it comes to cook, I hate cutting onions and potatoes Mm -hmm. and shit. I don't want to do none of that, but it needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the process. Um, But I also know myself on the flip side, I have no desire whatsoever to work in any restaurant 
um, environment. I don't want to work in a formal restaurant kitchen. No interest whatsoever. That's just not my thing. So I wouldn't put myself in a place where I would be in that environment because I know that I would be miserable all around. So when I said when you're miserable, it's not about making a hasty decision and jumping up and saying, all right, well, I don't like that I have to do this, this, and this. There are things you're going to have to do in any job. There's grunt work that always has to be done. But if you're all around miserable because you don't know if this is where you want to be in life, period, then do the things that you need to do to start working towards those goals of what you want to do ultimately and use what you have right now to your advantage to help you to get to that place. Right. That's that's what I have to offer. Um, I think it's, yeah, I agree. And being intentional about like sitting down and, and thinking through what you need. Okay, thinking through where you are and like the timeline of it all. So like what you're doing now and the aspects of mm. it that may be miserable. If you can see like a way out in the foreseeable future, this may just be a phase that you're working through. But if this seems like whatever you're dealing with is just something that's just going to keep on happening, this is just an incessant aspect of the job that you just cannot deal with or have no interest in anymore, then I agree that it's time for you to think about uh, ways to get out of that. Um, But like, you know, having an exit strategy and thinking through consciously, like ways to get Mm -hmm. out of your situation that will not set you back um, or, uh, you know, you know, uh, be cost like be costly to you, not only financially, but like professionally. Um, right. But, you know, just you just right. just think through, just think, make sure that you think this through. It's not necessarily these are things that I, I guess you can consider. I don't think that Jade or I is qualified or positioned to tell you exactly what you should do. But when you're thinking through whether mm-hmm. or not there is to go, I just think that you should kind of like check yourself, check your emotions, see, see, um, and really just kind of do that work on yourself. Like, you know, is this just because this gets on my nerves? Mm -hmm. What is the root of this? Is this one person that's getting on your nerves? Is it Mm -hmm. one task? Is it like, what specifically is the source of the misery? And then thinking through like, okay, um, how can, how can we, uh, alleviate this? And if we can't, if there's no way that we can get, is this something that I have to deal with temporarily or for a long term? And if it, and if it comes to it where he's like, you know, I just got to get out of here. How can we get out of here in a way that does not compromise all the work that I've done so far? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I hope that's helpful to you. Um, I say that because there were so many, like when I started as a grad student, way a million years ago at UConn when I was working on my first master's I had to sit there and transcribe these interviews for hours and hours I transcribed interviews for a whole semester like that was my job I would get up in the morning and go to work and put on headphones and with a transcription machine and literally transcribe interviews for days at a time and I hated it I hated every bit of it (laughs) It was the living yeah. worst, like listening to people trying to figure out what was, who was saying what. And then and I think it was torture because, like, you know, you listen to the interview, you can't listen to music while you transcribe. So I would literally have to sit there and listen to these strangers talking about things that I did not care about. And it was awful in every way. <laughs> but um, I had to do it. I just had to do it. <laughs> and I hated it then. Mm-hmm. But that that particular like transcribing those interviews. um. In 2004 or 2005, 
It was probably 2004, 2005. I didn't have any idea that 10 years later I would have to be transcribing my own interviews. And because I did it in 2004, 2005, I knew how to do it and it didn't take me a long time to do it. So like, I mean, you know, there are just some aspects of, of the process that suck. That's why I'm saying, I'm not saying that you should be, you should be in anything that's going to, going to be forever or if you know that you're just miserable but I'm just saying that there are parts of the work that are not fun um but they're right but if, but they should and then be sometimes temporary. you're just miserable yeah <laughs> yeah right they should they should like you need to like make sure you know what that fine line is between that grunt work and that and you're just being lazy and complaining I had to transcribe um it was so I used to work I used to like dabble in the legal field Mm -hmm. um and i used to work as a paralegal for an indian law firm they represented native american tribes oh nice and i had to transcribe um i had to transcribe court hearings but the thing about working for the native american tribes and this is not shade this is literally what it is they work off of the oldest equipment known to man like literally the original equipment that was used in court is what they work off of so I had to transcribe these hearings off of these old ass tapes. <laughs> that was brutal. That was a situation where I literally hated my job and I was just miserable. But that's because I didn't need to be in the legal field, which is why I'm not now. <laughs> it's a black woman going into cannabis. Anyway, we hope that's able to help. Like Kia said, we're not qualified to tell you what to do. But we hope that uh, what we said will help you to try to um, do some weighing on your own life and make help you to make some clear decisions and try to figure out which which way you want to go. I hope that I was able to help. True that, true that. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P E to the T T Y, honey. It's time for petty peeves. Peeves of petty, petty peeves. Put your petty on parade. <laughs> so I'm doing a listener petty peeve this week because she spoke to my soul with her four petty peeves. And everybody knows that I love to group petty peeves together because I'm consistently irritated. And so therefore, I'm going to do this listener petty peeve. She said we can call her Jaleesa Vincent. <laughs> Oh my I God. love her already. I don't because <laughs> Jaleesa gets on my nerves. But I will. I just meant for the reference. Okay. Yes, indeed. Not because I love Jaleesa at all. Jaleesa so many irritating. Decisions. Oh my gosh. Ugh. <laughs> One of the most irritating characters. Oh my gosh. Ever in life. So she says, I have a list of petty peeves. I'm a Brooklynite. Hey. <laughs> I commute every day on the very gentrified L train. You live in Canarsie. From an ungentrified part of Brooklyn to my job in Manhattan when I work with a bunch of nasty asses. My peeves. Number one, <laughs> cover your mouth when you yawn on the train. Oh, yeah. No one wants your morning breath permeating MTA's recycled air. No one wants to see how deep your throat is. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She spoke to my soul because so many people yawn and don't cover their mouths. I think that's just as rude as coughing and not covering your mouth. If the bathroom has 10 stalls and someone is in one, <clears throat> Do not go use the stall directly next to them. Why do you want to be right next to me as I pee? Sometimes I'm not even peeing. Sometimes I'm just in there hiding from my coworkers and looking at memes. Give people their space. <laughs> I that's when I tell you there is nothing worse than having a full bathroom 
and somebody comes to the stall right next to you, I think that is the rudest, most barbarian thing. What uncircumcised Philistine, all of that. I think it's terrible. You're an atrocious human being if that's what you do. Number three, leave me alone when I'm eating lunch. No explanation needed. Fuck off. Oh, <laughs> well, all yeah. right. I, that's me all day. I used to have this white boy who used to come up to my desk consistently when I was eating and I would look up at him and I would just with disgust. And I tell, I'm like, do you see me with food in my mouth right now? Get out of here until I'm finished. Number four, people who walk up, walk down the escalator and get upset when I don't move aside. <laughs> first of all, well, you know, I, I love me. You first would be mad all, with me. First of all, yes. I choose to get on the escalator because I was weary. I didn't want to move my legs. I wanted to you stand, stand still, to the right, and, and move to the left. Though. That's fine. That's how, exactly. To another level. If I wanted to move my legs to get to another level, guess what I would have done? Yep, I would have taken the stairs. I'm going to go with the fact that she's probably referencing those uh, escalators where you can't stand to the left or the right, the very narrow ones in some of the train stations. And if that's the case, I agree. If people want to walk, then walk up the stairs. But don't get mad at me for using the escalator because that's what the fuck it's here for. Get mad that when the escalator don't work. Don't get mad because I use it. <laughs> anyway, what about you this oh, week, sis? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm trying to find the one that I want to read. It's another listener one. And it's a good one. I just want to make sure that I give credit where it is due because I don't want to. Amen. Um, there's no plagiarism out here, none whatsoever. <laughs> no plagiarism. No plagiarism. Is plagiarism a word? <laughs> Probably not. This petty piece. <laughs> I think it's plagiarist. Like <laughs> plagiar. I'm sure it's okay. plagiarist. Um, plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you you just conversated plagiar. Plagiarism. No plagiarism. <laughs> no plagiarism allowed. No plagiarism allowed. Um, this comes from Nike. Thank you for the phonetic spelling, sis. We really appreciate that. Nike says, yes. praise the Lord, niggas. Praise him every day. Uh, still binging and still loving. So I guess she was binge listening to in uh, our show. So we appreciate that. Thank you for getting caught up. Um, she says, my petty peeve is church related. I dislike when the pastor has the entire church read the scripture. Why? Because as sorry as I am to say it, all of us are just not reading at the same level. <laughs> the trailing behind, the reading ahead or reading from a different version, like, no, just stop. I felt like this, I can relate to this um, because, mm -hmm. you know, there are ministers who uh, will have you read a full chapter aloud. <laughs> and it's just like, why? Uh, especially when they themselves have particular issues as it relates to either reading or speaking. So I'm speaking specifically right. about those who speak really fast. Like me, I know that I speak really fast and I read really fast. And as such, I probably wouldn't have large groups of people read with me because I know I'm going to be up and out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there are, you know, ministers, one I'm thinking of in particular, who read really quickly. <laughs> and they just be out here flying through all of the these and thous and the saints can't keep up. So it's a struggle. You know what I'm saying? And uh, for those of us, like, you know, sounds and, and like, you know, 
those things like sounds are important to me and I just can't take it. Like when the, when, when the clapping is off, when the rhythm, like when the rhythm, when the clapping is off, when the cadence is off, when, when it's off, it's troubling me. I'm distracted. I'm distracted. So like if, if we're all reading and someone's reading too slow and just loud, it's just going to, it's distracting to me. I can't even focus on the words that we're reading because it doesn't sound good. It's just like when we're supposed to be clapping on a two and a four and somebody's on the one and the three. Like I just, it really, really stresses me out. Um, so thank you, Nike, for sharing that. Uh, that, I mean, I could totally relate. And I don't think that that's a petty peeve. Or maybe it is petty, but it's a petty peeve that I share with you. So I appreciate it, sis. Same. I don't want to read along with people who can't read. And stop naming scriptures things that they, stop pronouncing them mm-hmm. wrong. Add in S's in places where they don't belong. It's not Matthew. <laughs> Tell them, sis. Get them God, together. Damn, I'm so irritated. <laughs> I'd be, like, so, be so irritated. I'd be like, where did you see that? Matthew, mad. (laughs) That's funny to me. Like, like y'all just be adding stuff. You just be making up stuff. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) That's right. The Saints, we got to get together. We got to get on one accord with our reading because I mean, God deserves it. It's just not going to happen because everybody wouldn't raise the same. Anyway, that was another episode of Getting Grown. Show us. With Jay, mm-hmm. I'm trying to sound like Tiny. <laughs> um, <laughs> showers, Mama. Uh-uh. Tip. I can't. Thanks for listening. I can't. I, can't, I can it. only say Tip and Mama. I can't even do it. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know how to do anything and else. Chicana. I can say Chicana. Um, no, I can't even say Chicana the way she says Chicana. It's a, it's a real like. There's a dialect there that I just can't master uh, quite yet. T- Tiny sound like Mama Joyce. Can I say something? Mm. Candy. She always sound like she about to cry. And Candy, <laughs> that's probably why Candy always sound like she about to cry. No, Candy always is. She's literally always about to cry, first of all. It's not sound like she's always about to cry, actually. And I probably would, too, if I was raised with that woman. Because, goddamn, she is a handful. Oh, Joyce. Joyce is much. Because that girl is evil and she's sleeping with your man. <laughs> she's busy. Joyce needs some business. God bless her heart. Ooh, that fucking scarf in those shades. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mama Joyce is... No, she's not my mom. Like, she's irritating boots. I might have gotten into an altercation with her, too. That that old lady is crazy. And don't throw no shoes. She'd be like, calm Because then we going to go at it. Calm Calm I know you were taught. <laughs> taught and common. <laughs> and common. Because um, I know what. XD says that. Never mind. I'm not going to okay. say it. Anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of Getting Grown. Um, make sure that you continue to send your petty peeves, your kitchen table talk suggestions, and your honesty box to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is no extra G. <laughs> So make sure you're sitting it to the right. As inbox. always, all that information and is included in the description box for your reference. So there shouldn't yes. be every, every week. single week that there is a show. All that information is down there. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for being so awesome and so supportive. And we look forward to chit-chatting with you all on next week's show. Amen. It might be a really fun show. We're trying to plan something nice. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, guys, uh, stay tuned and keep 
and uh, keep an eye out for tweets and Instagram posts because hopefully, like Jade said, it'll be a special treat. So, um, yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, until then, we're working on it. Um, we don't want to talk about it yet because we haven't firmed up all the details. But as soon as we know something, you'll know something. Exactly. And until then, be sure and certain to uh, drink your water, moisturize your skin, face and neck specifically, um, and mind your business. Ooh. Yes. Lather Rinse, that. lather, repeat, and then moisturize. <laughs> um, and then also uh, drink your water because you're black will crack if it's dry. Adios, amigo. Adios, amiga. Mama. Uh-uh. Mama <laughs> Adios, amigo. <laughs> mama. Oh mama Woody. You are oh, no, absolutely Woody, inappropriate. Mama. Mama. No, this no, is Woody, racist. Mama. Oh, mama. No, it's not. Racism. That's the color purple. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 